Chapter 14 Samantha 2 Let us toast to animal pleasures, to escapism, to rain on the roof, and to the good life, whatever it is and wherever it happens to be. Hunter S. Thompson, The Proud Highway I have the drone stow itself as I stop at Nepenthe for a rather more sedate lunch, a caprizi baguette and a glass of Chianti. The fog has rolled in, and, sitting near the cliffs, I feel like I'm suspended in nothingness, with the waves crashing against the cliffs out of sight somewhere below. The really big ones make the ground shiver a little. It's not really cold, but the fog is freckling my face and bare arms with little droplets. With my stomach full, the adrenaline from the drone cam receding, and a glass of wine to mellow things, I'm ready to relax back into my ride. I'm back on the road in a jiff. I've got to stop on campus, claim my office in the biomed building, and find the rental they set up for me. As lovely as it is here on the cliffs, I'm anxious to get into the redwoods. I jump back into the warm car, curl up, and with more than an hour to go, I wander off into my patented snoring meditation, waking up only when the car gives me a ten-minute warning that I'll be at my destination soon. It's so different here. You could believe in an entirely flat world if you lived in Isla Vista. It's just a plateau with a bluff between it and the beach, but UCSC is all vertical landscape. There's nary a natural flat spot for miles. I step into the office of the Biomedical Sciences Building where the receptionist goggles at my rainbow-colored hair. I should probably explain about that. Hedwig, you remember him. Hedwig is a chemist, and in his spare time, when he's not surfing or helping out with a little nano stuff on the Neural Net Project, or meeting up with some of his Anne Randian-type friends, he comes up with dopey products that nonetheless sell well and make for a pretty comfortable living above and beyond a BPI and a researcher's salary. A Framester stream about 1970s pop culture was playing, and we were fascinated by the mood rings, a big fad back then. We're going something like 90 years back here. Well, what goes around comes around, figure my heady, but with a twist. Always with a twist. He's a twisty guy. Heady developed mood hair. It detects your mood based on skin temperature, moisture level, and some of the other environmental characteristics. And with a little bit of alchemy, voila, mood hair. Hey, don't ask me. I'm a budding biologist, not a chemical engineer. It hasn't hit the market yet. Actually, he's, well, we're testing it out on me. So it's not too unusual for me to get some unusual looks from my very unusual hair that is always different depending on my mood. Back to my reception. Yes, I say to the young man at the desk. Poor guy doesn't quite know what to say. He pulls himself together and asks, how can I help you, miss? I'm Samantha Benheim. Research biologist with UCSB come to claim a piece of turf here on your bumpy campus? I trust the indoors is flat? Oh, uh, sure. They told me you were coming. You'll be working with Professor Imbolc. Just a second, I'll call her. After only a minute, a small woman with frizzy gray hair and wire-rimmed glasses, who apparently does not take longevity treatment, steps out of the hall. Miss Benheim? Please, it's Samantha. Or Sam, if you like. And you may call me Bridget, Samantha. Walk with me. We walk to a room with floor-to-ceiling windows, a few tables, and some vending machines. PNs, as I mentioned, not being up to the task of making food yet. Some tea, Samantha. 
I'd love some, uh, Bridget. Thanks. There would usually be an HR person to greet you, Samantha, but she seems to have gotten lost out there in the Redwoods. Oh, my gosh. Is, is there anything I can do to help? Maybe join in a search party or... No, dear. I just mean that she has not yet returned from her lunch break. The trees tend to make you forget your consult or your timepiece. Duh, I think internally. Out loud, I say, Oh, I understand. They are beautiful. Sam continues, I understand that you and your colleagues are measuring and mapping brain patterns, neural firings, and the like, and that this feeds the tech research to emulate a brain through the neural net project. That is correct, Samantha. You would think that, after all these decades of research, we would have accomplished the task, but the holographic brain continues to reveal its fractal nature and quantum effects. It's almost more complex than we can imagine, and yet it is the root of our imagination. We're hoping that your own work on the actual physical interface between the organic and the electronic will let us map and understand much more of this amazing and beautiful structure and function. My partner works on some of the nano design for parts for the tech. You're working with a company on neural net design? asked the good professor. No, uh, sorry. I mean my domestic partner, my boyfriend, Hedwig. Hedwig? Dr. Hedwig Omenachin? Yes, that's him. Do you know him? Dr. Omenachin was a mentor of mine. He actually helped me get this position. Oh, no, I hope you didn't pull any strings to get me this gig. I will absolutely... No, young lady, I'm sure you know that he is a big believer in earning one's way to one's position. At least he used to be. Libertarianism is not all the rage these days, what with the basic personal income and the various perks that come with living in the USA. Rest assured, I did not see any signs of manipulation in your application. No, I chose you myself from what I saw in your application, followed by plenty of reviews from grad students. So please, do not worry that you are here under someone else's false pretenses. You have earned the position, and I expect you to keep earning it. Now, shall we get on with the necessities? We spend half an hour going over paperwork, telling me about the campus, explaining where my new digs will be, both here and off campus, and before long, I'm back in the T23, heading for my new living arrangements, which are up off Brent's of 40 Drive. It's a little room addition off the end of a bigger house in a small community of several houses under the Redwoods. The walls and windows have no insulation, but I've got a sweater, a space heater, and blankets. As luck would have it, I'm on the water heater end of the house, which is mighty convenient because I have my own bathroom and get the hot water first. There's one of those big old clawfoot bathtubs that has a freestanding chrome, well, it used to be chrome, pipe sticking up at one end with a big rain shower head. There's plenty of water pressure. Above the tub, there's a formerly chrome ring from which hangs a plastic shower curtain emblazoned with rubber duckies. They tell me that Sir Elton John once owned the tub some 80 years ago. Some of the porcelain is cracked and there's a little rust showing through, but it does the trick. Hey, if it was good enough for Sir Elton. It's big enough that Hetty and I could probably bathe together, and I will not tell you what would be going on under the bubbles. Dink would disapprove. The point being that if I get cold, I can submerge into bubbly warmth any time I want. Down a hall, past the water heater, there's a grand common room with deeply rich oak plank flooring, 
a massive stone fireplace, and lots of comfortable easy chairs and couches. Of course, there's a half-finished chess game on the table, a half-finished game of Settlers of Catan on another, and a half-finished cocktail on a third. Just outside this room is a quite ample but creaky wooden deck perched on the edge of a steep canyon. Half of the deck is projected out into the thin air. Tied to a big branch of an old conifer above the deck is a tree swing. I step with one foot onto a big knot near the end of the rope and jump. Out it goes as the ground drops away 20, 50, 100 feet below my unstable perch. The bit of bounce from my passage dislodges a pine cone or two, which I have to duck and swerve around in order to avoid getting clonked. I blink away needles from the tree that pepper my hair and eyelashes. The rope wiggles and makes kind of a snapping sound. The branch shivers. This starts another little shower of those sharp and solid pine cones. One hits me hard in the hand. Ow! And I start to lose my grip. Damn it, this rope is slipperier than I thought. My foot slips off the knot it's not standing on. And oh, futz, it's a long way down in apogee here. I'm starting to freak out. But there's a second knot below that that arrests my slide long enough for me to get a better grip with my hands. Holy crap. When the rope gets back to the deck, I hop off to catch my breath. <sighs> Lean over, hands on my knees, and I'm shaking. Oh, man, that was close. Let's do it again.